News Talk 98.9, the roar of Memphis. Tool Talk Radio with Joe and Alan. Welcome to Tool Talk Radio, coming to you from the Brown Refrigeration Studios. I'm Joe Thorderson with Thor's Hammer, Carpentry and Wood Turning. And I'm Alan Gilbert with DarkOakMedia.com. And I'm Maximilian once again in the ether. You sound like you're in the ether. Turn his mic up. Uh, <laughs> you can, <laughs> hey, we're on the road again. This is what you get with live radio. You can call or text us at the Big M Roofing and Remodeling Hotline at 901-683-0989. And, of course, we always invite you to go to the Tool Talk Radio Facebook page. Give us a like. Check out all the action over there, including the must-have item of the week, which I've already posted. It's a one of it's one of the more practical ones, Alan. Not so... Uh, Nothing, nothing fancy about this one. Just very, uh, very straightforward. Hey guys, so uh, once again, like we said, we're on the road. We're here at Anime Blues Con. This is this is our wheelhouse, man. This is what we live for. Uh, we are uh, we're geeking out, but um, we're so. It's it's always interesting when we when we have this uh, dichotomy. We have our home improvement show, and we're surrounded by uh, you know geeks and cosplayers and everybody that's uh, you know in the in the geek realm. And uh, we're here all weekend at the uh, Renaissance Center downtown. It's going to be uh, happening June you know so it's June 10th through 12th, uh, so Friday through Sunday. Alan, this is like uh, this is our this is our wheelhouse, man. This is what we live for. Well, you know. It's the great thing whenever you're driving down to an event and you see, like, a samurai and something that looks like a big blue fuzzy bunny walking next to each other. You're like, ah, look, we're home. You don't even need GPS. (laughs) You just follow in the – there's, like, a blast radius of uh, cosplayers and Mm -hmm. and people carrying really weird things and things like that. So if you've never been to a geek convention, this is a really great introduction. Anime Blues is the biggest convention in Memphis. They they drop – that draw over four, you know, four thousand people. I wouldn't be surprised if they drew five thousand this weekend, Alan. I was here yesterday. It was jam packed, and I have to say, this uh, the remodel they did here at the Renaissance, uh, the Renaissance Center is really beautiful. Uh, I I haven't been in here for two years, and it's they've really changed the place, man. Well, you know that happens when you take advantage of um, a little downtime, get a little renovation done, yeah, a few things you just wanted to get done around the house. Of you know, mass kudos. They went and got it done. Well, in that vein, Alan, I was thinking about it. I was, you know, because we we haven't been able to go to Anime Blues Con since 2019, mm-hmm. and I really missed it. You know, I know all of us have really missed it. There was a big crowd of people who clearly were excited to be here, and it made me think. You know, I think having you know, anim- uh, humans are social creatures, and I think we should make more of a priority of. Uh, making the entertainment space in our homes functional and easy to use and maybe, you know, expanding on uh, on the space we would use to entertain and try to make a point of hosting annual events. And they don't have to be Christmas and, you know, Thanksgiving. I, and they, I, In fact, I would say it might be more interesting to do something out of the box that's, you know, a niche thing. So. I, it, well, exactly. I would say, get you know, leave the traditions alone. Right. However... Let's pick something new. Let's get something going. Of so, well, summer of course, summer's easy because you know we have three letters basically in the South that automatically says party. Yeah, you throw out BBQ, and yeah, you know, everybody's kind of like, oh, yeah, what a great idea. Yeah, we need that year round though. Absolutely. So we're going to talk about that. Uh, Max has a deep cut in in um, 
in honor of our location today, you know, being mm. at a, an, an anime convention, for folks that don't know, that's a big celebration of Japanese uh, culture and animation and uh, geekiness. You could say ja- mm. uh, Japanese geek culture. So Max has got something, Japanese guardian deities of the home. And oh, it translates cool. into a home improvement. We do have a confession, Alan. Vindictive Vines. You're going to like this one. <laughs> <laughs> this is a warning tale of, of warning tales. This is something you and I have preached from the mountaintop. So, okay. And, and uh, we've, if, our, if we're lucky, we've got our friends Savannah and Allie dropping in maybe at the end of the show because we want to talk about what are, the home, what are the priorities of the younger generation. These are two 20-something uh, young right, ladies, right. working professionals who are finding you know, their way in the world. A lot yes. more hip than you and I are, so we're going to find out what they care about. <laughs> and, of course, like we said, we'd love to take your calls or texts at the uh, Big M Roofing and Remodeling Hotline at 901-683-0989. So it's all coming at you today on Tool Talk Radio. But before we get to any of that... And now, Tool Talk Radio's weekly salute. I can't promise anything with this one, Alan. Mm, okay. Sometimes the simplest things are the best. If a person is thirsty, there is nothing more refreshing than a simple glass of cold water. Mm-hmm. Pretty simple. Back before the Chicago Cubs unceremoniously mm-hmm. traded their most exciting players, there was nothing more fun than the simple joy of watching Anthony Rizzo, Chris Bryant, or Javier Baez hit a home run. Well, I just am living in the past. I, don't know. I cannot get out of this, uh, this, this I mode. I need quicksand for you. When Max, the producer, was unable to obtain tickets for a sold-out concert at the Albuquerque University football stadium for his favorite bluegrass and heavy metal fusion group, Banjo Prison Riot, (laughs) he used the simple tactic of tying 37 remote-controlled drones to a lawn chair and watching the show from 100 feet over the grandstands. One of my finest creations. yeah, Man, that's that's pretty awesome. Can't argue with your uh, with your approach there, Max. And of course, on one noteworthy occasion, when Alan Gilbreth was still in kindergarten and attempting to foment an insurrection at his elementary school. <laughs> <laughs> Those were the days, man. In response to Principal Montague's draconian announcement that from now on their afternoon nap time was going to be shortened by five minutes. Mm. Alan had the simple idea to stage a protest rally and spent the next night making several dozen crayon-drawn signs out of, <laughs> to hand out to his classmates with such pithy slogans as, you wouldn't like us when we're tired, or sleep is my constitutional right, and most popular of all, Principal Montague is a poopy head. Mm-hmm. Unfor- <laughs> Unfortunately, however, the plan backfired spectacularly primarily due to the lack of stick among Allen's fellow protesters, <laughs> who were easily bribed back to their classroom by the promise of chocolate chip cookies and grape juice. Worst of all, however, the faculty was so impressed by Allen's initiative, and even more so by the fact that he had spelled the word constitutional correctly, that they fast-tracked his advancement to the third grade, where he now had homework every night, and ironically, no more classroom nap time. <laughs> you know, you should have just kept your mouth shut, Alan. I don't know how many times we've, we've warned you about this. Well, you know, I'm still working on the death laser back then. So All right. You know. he, he was young and naive. <laughs> yes, more often than not, the simplest approach is usually the best. And this also holds true in the world of construction. For millennia, 
Builders have relied on a simple item which has remained largely unchanged throughout that time. A simple item that when stacked strategically can form everything from a sturdy wall to a beautiful driveway. My friend, we give you bricks. Yeah. I don't know how much more basic we could get out. I mean, bricks. Although, as we've seen throughout history, uh, you know, uh, it, it's a simple item, but when you start working with them, I mean, they, they are, they're still around. Cobblestone mm -hmm. streets somehow are mm -hmm. still here. They're annoying to drive over, but well, uh, let's well, talk uh, about it, bricks, Alan. Well, you know, your very first building material was just basically, you know, dirt. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, yeah. basically it. I mean, that's, that's, you know, we'll just start there. Mud. Of, yeah. You know, then we started adding in some sticks, and, you know, basically we're, we're like the three little pigs. Yeah. You know, exactly. we were building houses out of whatever we could build them out of and, you know, define the word house. But about 7,000 years ago, someplace in Turkey, uh, we began finding traces of brick production. Yeah. Actually, like a brick yard. Mm -hmm. And, you know, pretty much in that climate and with that soil and that clay mixture in the soil, you got, you made mud, you added something to it for strength, like hay or straw, and you baked it in the sun and you stacked them up. Then well, there was your basic brick. What's interesting to me about that, Alan, is because, okay, at some point, somebody was looking at, you know, mud, I guess. Yes. They said, okay, well, if you, you know, if you have mud, it, it, it you can mix it into any shape you want, and then if you let it sit long enough, it'll dry, and then it stay it, it hardens basically mm -hmm. they understood that if you mix rocks like you said and hey i what's interesting to me is i i would have to guess that uh it probably started by shaping some sort of house you know or even if it's like i don't know i'm, I'm picturing like an igloo you sort of just shape it into the shape you want well then somebody got the nifty idea that hey if you make bricks to me it's the difference between Somebody making, um, and it kind of reminds me of, uh, of aluminum, you know, mm -hmm. once it became readily available, they started mass producing it, making it in different shapes, and then you made things out of that. I don't know. It's it's the difference between well, custom making and then mass production, you could say. Once the brick came along, the everyday man could do something with, you know, they could build something. Well, the one thing the human race has always been amazed, just amazing at, is it's utterly impossible until somebody does it. Okay. And then when somebody does it, then 500 other people show up the next week and do it better. Right. Cheaper, yeah. faster, quicker. So the the idea of modular construction, which is what we're at with bricks. That's the word I was looking for, Alan. Modular, exactly. You know, yeah. this, you know, people moved around a lot and the really nomadic peoples figured out amazing ideas with tents. Right. Well, but now you need something more permanent. You need something that's going to stand up to the weather. You got, you know, so you got cultures that were cutting coral and making big blocks of, you know, basically limestone. Uh, you had other cultures that moved into the adobe, which was just, you know, slapping mud over something until it hardened. Right. Then we get to when we discovered crushed limestone could be cooked. Okay, talk to me, because limestone seems like the key ingredient when I'm looking at this stuff. Well, a lot of it is because when you cook limestone, you're basically re reactivating all of the chemical capabilities of it, and today we would recognize that mostly as concrete and cement. Right, right. But then we get into pottery. It, this is where you know this is where the masons pop in, and the Knights Templar and all that stuff pops up, mm -hmm. because now... 
different chemical formulas began being formed and we get to the Romans and the Romans were using a certain type of volcanic ash and they were fire baking it and we still have Roman roads, Roman walls and Roman construction today. Well, I was going to ask you about that because uh, one of the things I know, and I think we discussed this in the past, Alan, when we were talking about concrete and everything. Mm -hmm. Somewhere way back then they discovered that if you put salt water in in the concrete mix, it well for one thing the the, the chemical reaction it, it it almost continues to uh, work throughout the throughout the you know generations right. like the uh, the salt water I don't know how it works Alan but you you would know that but the salt water was a key component in um, really strengthening and almost making it a self uh, a, a repeatable you know process where it just continues to to harden especially every time it gets wet and then the sun comes out and all that so it's interesting all the uh, all the um ways the brick has evolved although its purpose has pretty much been unchanged for, it is, for it years, is so yeah. it is designed to be the hard place yeah honestly <laughs> it, is, it really is because before you had to go get a big enough rock mm -hmm. yeah and you know now Stack rocks exactly it, well you know and we still have stone walls from thousands of years ago but i'm going to flip into that they figured out a mortar to hold the rocks together. Well, exactly. And yeah. bricks have this amazing uh, characteristic of being whatever shape we wanted to make them so they could fit together. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, uh, there's something appealing about them, too. Now, I wouldn't want, I'll, I'll be honest, okay, cobblestone roads are not fun to drive on. Mm -hmm. They're interesting to look at. They're not even great to walk on. I think, like, if, you know, when you go to Rome and everything and you see some of those, the ladies are in their high heels. That's, mm -hmm. that's a dangerous combination. Cobblestone right. roads and all that. But uh, but there is something to say that the fact that they're still there. And, of course, well, most of us still prefer a brick home to just a regular old home with siding on it. So, Well, well to, to answer that question, almost 4,000 years ago in China, they didn't like the cobblestones because it messed with the fine footwear. Mm. Uh, and so they began making brick roads yeah. with that perfectly smooth surface that interfaced. Right. So your idea, the, the exact problem you're discussing was recognized 4,000, 5,000 years ago and was addressed with a brick. Yeah. So I don't know, and one I just want to say one last thing. Because, Such a simple idea, and it has just persisted for so long. Well, one thing, you know, uh, Alan, you've been to my house. We our front, um, our front yard. We need basically a little walkway that goes from uh, the driveway to mm -hmm. our front door. And I'm like, we were getting ready to go ahead and pour uh, a sidewalk there, and I'm like, you know what? I think it might look really interesting if we took those 16 by 16 pavers, mm -hmm. leveled it out, put some gravel down, and then put, you know. Now, what we did is we rolled that, we, we cleaned it out, we mm -hmm. rolled out that um, that uh, barrier. It's like a plastic-type barrier that it's right. about three feet across. You roll it out uh, so that it keeps the, the weeds from growing through, and then we, we, we leveled it out with gravel, and we put it down, and it actually looks really cool. What I love it about it is if we ever get tired of it, or if we want to move it or rearrange it, you pick it up, you move the gravel, and you're and you're done. So Put some I kind of like the, the modular, yeah, the modular nature of it. Plus, the way it's situated, it's sitting about two inches above the grass. So mm -hmm. if we're careful, we can keep it from from getting overgrown. Well, but it's just you know, it's a simple and, and and it was not expensive. I can tell you that. I think I got in and out of the whole project for less than 300 mm -hmm. bucks and well, it looks great man so. well we did a science show on uh, geek tank radio a few months back about a uh, young lady in africa 
that was oh, making right. bricks out of yeah. plastics. Right. Oh, exactly. And We're going to go down that road, too. Well, yeah. so, I mean, you know, the, the brick continues to change and evolve and move with us. But the one thing that is absolutely consistent is the basic idea of the brick. Right. It just it, doesn't change. A brick may look a little different in the future, but so what? Hey, you know, the we may have Trex bricks. You know? Well, you know, I'll throw in the world's most popular toy is a brick. That's a good point. The Made Lego. by, you know, that certain Lego corporation out there. So it's just instinctive in us since we're kids to play with bricks. So, we're, yeah. You know, Lincoln Logs and bricks were kind of the how the world has been designed. Absolutely. So, all right. Well, well hats off to whoever invented the brick. No, no there's a whole is. lot of people out there. In, um, uh, in it was Onk in the cave. Okay, <laughs> Onk, way Onk to go. in the cave. Yeah. Yep. All right. Hey, uh, now I don't know how much this person deals with bricks. Maybe just a little bit to shim things up <laughs> under the uh, the drainage pipe. But uh, our good buddy Larry Brown with Brown Refrigeration. That's not really his game. He's more high tech. He's more he's more about the air. You know, the air quality in our home. Air conditioning. You know, it's funny, Alan. I never really thought about the word air conditioning until I got to know uh, Larry mm-hmm. Brown. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think of okay, I just want it cold. But right. I didn't, but I didn't. I, I never really gave as much thought to moisture content. Right. Uh, the way you know, the way you're heating and air conditioning, really, it's it's a the way it actually works. Yeah, is it's a absolutely fascinating. It is the lifeblood of your, and especially moving down south here, where there's all this pollen and all this stuff just floating in mm-hmm. the air. I don't really want to be breathing that 24 hours a day because <laughs> the, the quality of your air is just as important as getting the temperature and the humidity right. So they do it all at Brown Refrigeration with their well, of course, their top-notch technicians. Their whole culture over there is outstanding, and then these Remy Halo systems. Mm. Uh, Cannot I mean, say enough good about those. Really revolutionary. They basically they draw in the air. They bl- blast out clean air with the power of the sun. Basically, it, the Remy Halo system is really interesting, folks. You should go Google it. You, you get you have this this bulb inside your air ducts. Mm-hmm. That is, it, you, you definitely don't want to ever look at this thing. No, but, it is a very intense UVC. Yeah, but right. you can't see it, so it's cool. But it's basically doing the same job that the sun does, and it and it cleans, it sends out these cleaning particles. Yeah, actually, it's light purple. Is, <laughs> is it? Yeah, I've never <laughs> looked at one. It's a light purple glow. Yeah. Okay, but it's cool. So, but uh, but all, but just like we say with uh, with it. HVAC, uh, the HVAC unit is the cent- is sort of the hub, you know, the heart, the heart and soul of your home. So you mm-hmm. want to have a a good relationship with your HVAC company because you're going to be dealing with them. You know, you want to keep things maintained, just like you would have uh, a, a relationship with your with a good mechanic. You want to make sure you uh, you have somebody you can trust, and you can't get any better than the good people at Brown Refrigeration. So get in touch with them. You can call them directly at 901-362-1881 or go to their very easy-to-remember website, brownref.com. You know, I've really grown to appreciate the brevity of their website. Now, have you ever got, asked somebody their email address and they're like, yeah, it's Bob underscore such and such, blah, 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 at blah, you know. And oh, it's yeah. like, <laughs> I'm kind of a less is more person, especially when it's something like this. Anybody, if they're driving right now, I dare say they can remember the website yes. address. Yes. So, I don't know. There's something, uh, there's just something I appreciate about that. So Definitely. Well, uh, Alan, um, I, now the big trick is I would love to get Larry Brown over here. It could, it would, wouldn't that be a riot? Get Larry Brown and Jay Hill and even Cindy Williams over here at Loose Anime Blues. Something like that. that the, this is hilarious. Cindy can help. Cindy could help, like, organize people's cosplays in, uh, like, closets or whatever. 
Cindy would actually fit in great over yeah. here. Honestly, she you, these people are very or you know they're all about organizing their 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 uh, collectibles. Mm-hmm. They've got all these components to their cosplays. They they need they need Cindy Williams. They need room so. organization. But uh, I think it'd be a lot, uh, one day we're going to make it happen, and and they better show up at the Memphis Comic and <laughs> Fantasy Convention. That's all I can say. But yeah, hey folks, we're here all weekend. We're going to be at the Anime Blues Con at the Renaissance Center. Boy, is it beautiful over here! Come check it out. If nothing else, just come here and take a tour of this yeah, place. Yeah, I gotta admit, it looks great. But we've got the promo booth. We've got our uh, News Talk 98.9 The Roar promo booth at, right next to the Memphis Comic and Fantasy Convention promo booth, which, uh, that, this is really one of our biggest promotions of the year. Mm-hmm. So we'd love to, uh, we'd love to meet you, bring your kids. It's a lot of fun. We're gonna, uh, this is Tool Talk Radio here at News Talk 98.9 The Roar Memphis. We're gonna take a, uh, quick break and then we're going to do one of max's deep cuts japanese guardian deities of the home Mm this will be interesting tool talk radio with joe and alan barnacles what could be worse than a giant paint bubble news talk 98.9 the roar of memphis oh just keep listening and you'll find out what's worse (laughs) than a giant paint bubble i thought barnacles were worse oh yeah And we'll, <laughs> uh, absolutely. And welcome back to uh, Tool Talk Radio, coming to you from the Brown Refrigeration Studios. I'm Joe Thorderson with Thor's Hammer, Carpentry and Wood Turning, here with my buddy Alan Gilbreth from DarkOakMedia.com and our pal Max back at the studio, really. You know, th- he's really getting comfortable being that. Mm-hmm. Is this two or three mm-hmm. weeks in a row we've been on the road? No, two weeks in a row. Um you know, we'll get to that in a second. I bet he's sitting in your chair. Yeah. You can call or text <laughs> us at the Big M Roofing and Remodeling Hotline at 901-683-0989. And we invite you to go to the Tool Talk Radio Facebook page. Give us a like. Check out all the action over there, including the must-have item of the week. Um, I might even post some more video of the wildlife. I'm sure encountering a lot of wildlife these days. That's what, dude, work. you are just like the critter master these days. You are just little little thingies just coming to visit you. Yeah, I might I might put that up there. but um, You need to. Yeah. You need to. I got news for you. That is a much bigger topic than you think it is. Okay, all right. Well, give me, you know, we'll, we'll get to the break and I'll do that. So um, just a reminder, if we sound a little different, it's because, uh, well, personally me, I am bursting with excitement because we're back at Anime Blues Con. They haven't held an Anime Blues Con since 2019 because of COVID, obviously. But, uh, well, actually, it's not fair to say they did do a one-day event last year, but it really doesn't hold a candle to what they do no, here. No, this is the main event. Shortly, okay, it's all quiet, Alan. This is the hush, this is the calm <laughs> before the storm, but it, shortly when they open the door, there are going to be literally thousands of people. Probably they'll probably get four thousand people through here today. You Many- see people bracing the tables and everything yeah. ready for the onslaught. And yeah. really, this is the uh, premier. You know, this is a big convention. This is uh, a lot of fun. It's it's it celebrates. Uh, you know anime and uh but really a lot of other genres so if you're into you know marvel things or star wars or batman or anything it you're still going to find a home here mm-hmm. all are welcome here and you know if you've never been to a to an event like this the the geek culture is some of the most interesting people and really honestly hands down some of the friendliest people it's i'm i'm always very proud of that fact you get people of every age and every type of you know lifestyle and they all come here and they get along Mm-hmm. And they have fun together, mm-hmm. which is, I wish culture was more like that. And, and you would be shocked at who you're going to bump into while you're here. Of course. Because yeah. you might run into your doctor. Yeah. You could run into that therapist. You could run into, all right, th- that is the fun part of this. 
of there is no strata that will not be represented at this convention. Yeah, I, it, it really is. It's a microcosm of, of what I wish culture was like all the time. You mm, know, so. Including a lot of our politicians. <laughs> Just yeah. pointing out. Exactly. You know. So, yeah, check it out. It's uh, We're here at the Renaissance Center all weekend, and it's a lot of fun, a lot of fun for your kids. I know. And, uh, boy, that vendor room was rocking yesterday. <laughs> I got some great T-shirts. I got some great collectibles and some uh, cool stuff from Attack on Titan, which, yeah. you know, well, if you listen you to Geek Tank Radio, you know what that is. So, um, But, anyway, in that vein, Alan, Max has another one of his deep cuts and now a deep go. cut <laughs> with maximilian <laughs> well max i think the uh you know uh i think the uh sound effects are very apropos for today but let like me trying to get into a jackfruit last week yeah no kidding <laughs> So what do you got for us today, Max? So as you mentioned earlier, I have a segment that I like to call Japanese Protector Gods of the Home. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so it sounds interesting. I'm going to start by using the Japanese term Yashiki Gami, which is the household god. And I okay. kind of want to do a little bit of a exploration here, like I'm a little bit of a deep dive about not only like where they're located and everything, but the origins of how these fellows came about. And okay. so Yashikigami um, uh, are not only are a very widespread practice throughout Japan, and interestingly enough, they aren't enshrined in the home, but around the home, and you know, or even towards like certain re- domestic, or even near mountain forests near the domestic residences, which is rather interesting. And then okay. the, the reasons being for that kind of, excuse me. Um, uh, they tie toward they tie to like um, uh, they tie to the in, um, uh, worship of ancestors in ancient times, and also to the agricultural gods that were kind of um, uh, utilized during the harvest seasons, and so that's kind of where you get the origins of these yashikigamis. So, the ancestors were believed um, uh, the souls of the ancestors were believed to reside um, uh, in mountain in the mountains when they passed away, and so. Originally, there weren't necessarily shrines to um, uh, offer up to like offer worship to the Yashikigami. Rather, um, uh, they um, uh, believed that um, uh, the ancestors or the souls would gather near ancient trees or rocks. They believed that they were drawn over there um, uh, only when um, uh, certain rituals were held, and it was only till later that they, a- they actually constructed small shrines in order to um, uh, give worship to these um, uh, Yashikigami, so to say. Huh. Now, because I okay, when you're talking about uh, when you're talking about worshiping their ancestor, I thought it was more along the lines of honoring their ancestors. Like mm-hmm. in other words, like you don't really worship uh, your great grandmother or anything, right? Is it? Am I wrong, Alan? Uh, well, I well, mean, these people provided uh, they provided guidance in their life and thus continue to provide guidance. Right. It, it well, it reminds me a little bit of the uh, practice in that what was that movie that. Uh, the Day of the Dead, where they're talking to their to their ancestors yes. once a year or something like that. Is, oh, it, yeah. is there anything like that, Max? It sounds like a similar kind of concept of just hey, you know, they may be gone, but we're still well. And in I'm gonna I'm gonna actually tie this into home improvement pretty easily, okay? Because a lot of times around the kami, which is the the group of mythological creatures we're dealing with here, uh, you also get into a lot of landscaping. Well, this is because like a the, the, thing, the yeah. gardening and that kind of stuff. Because you know there was an interface between the agricultural world and your city life. Yeah. Because you know, grandma grew up on the farm, but you had to move to the city. Right. So 
your your kami came with you to give you guidance and keep you moving forward but that is where we got a, a lot into the big gardening and of course when england discovered the east mm-hmm. that's when we really got into of the fabulous English gardens and the fabulous Asian gardens and what we would consider the um, the the fine art of landscaping as we know it today actually has its roots uh, with the house guardians or ancestors. That's interesting. Hey, Max, so when you say these, uh, they have um, shrines or so, what, what do these things look like? What do you mean? They like, aren't uh, necessarily like the big mega shrines that you would associate with like Shinto shrines, but like you know, it might be simple, small, or, like, simple wooden ones. Or, like, even there uh-huh. are instances, like, back in times where it's, like, you would even carve, like, on the trees and everything. Because, like I said, like, kami were believed to, like, gather there when they were worshipped. And so, or they even built shrines, temporary shrines, out of straw, interestingly enough. Huh. Because, they, you know, they were temporary and everything. It's, like, you know, like, they only you only really need them when the kami are there. Other than that, you can just kind of, like, take it down and, you know, call it a day. Well, you know what you reminded me of, Max? One thing I really enjoy when I go, uh, and I, I see this, I wish I would see it more often, but um, sometimes when I go to look at a job for somebody, like if somebody says, you know, I want you to build me a screened-in porch or something, we'll walk around and uh, I might notice something. I'm like, oh, that's a nice, uh, you know, Japanese maple you have right there. Mm-hmm. And they go, oh, yeah, my, um, you know, my, uh, my grandfather and I planted that before he passed away or something. And that's the tree we always think of him when we, you know, or, or this is something I built, you know, 30 years ago with my, uh, you know, before my son when he was little or whatever. And I like the notion of having items that have significance around the house or a, or a plant or something. And, and I think that Japanese culture, they're really big into that, aren't they, Max? They are. Even even down to the tools that they are used in everything. Like, this doesn't necessarily have to do with the Yashikigami segment, but it's kind of no, it's kind of notable. I learned this from one, uh, my Japanese philosophy professor. He talked about how the reverence and respect that the Japanese people have towards the tools that they use because they help provide for their needs. And so, like, they deserve a certain level of respect. You're not just going to, like, boom, toss them in your toolbox, like, all right, all right, I'm done with this. It's even even down to, like, placing your tools away with a certain level of intentionality and respect. Yeah, you know, it's funny you mention that, Max, because I know you want to visit Japan. You know, it's your goal to get there. I would love to be if if I visited Japan. I would love to go visit some workshops and see what they're the way they've mm. got the tools laid out. It's probably going to put my. It's probably going to make me feel guilty. You know, looking at my garage and everything <laughs> now. But I like the notion of that. You know, everything is in its place. It's it. I like the word reverence that you use, Max, because well, it is. You know. Well, one of our axioms has always been, you know, you take care of your tools, and your tools will take care of you. Yeah. Yeah. Of, and you get into any specialist. Of whether you know, regardless of culture, you get in any specialist, and they have their favorite tools. Oh yeah, Des- and often specifically designed to accomplish a certain job. Mm-hmm. Now to tie it back into the kami, they actually set up the garden of big time with maybe possibly a water feature, so that you could relax at home. Of you would set up and the the big reference for your own garden. Mm-hmm. And this is just like anybody that has their own favorite, you know. Um, personally, I'm a big gardener. Yeah. And I actually have a little section, as you go into my garage, laid out for what I need for which part of the yard I'm working on. Right. So, 
of it, it's it's fascinating when you look at this. And the other thing I'm going to add to this is, you know, a lot of times we decorate the house seasonally, but there's a lot of things you can do with the yard seasonally, which uh, also tie back into this. Yeah. Because, you know, sometimes it's time for good fortune in your planting. Right. Sometimes it's time for good fortune in of uh, uh, bringing in the good stuff. Right. Because, you know, I'm I'm a huge, huge fan of lots of different kinds of plants bringing in different stuff all during the year. And that kind of tied into the seasons as these people uh, practiced around the kami. Yeah. Pretty cool, Max. I mean, um, literally the worship of um, uh, the Yashiki kami do revolve around the spring and autumn time because they are harvest time. Because, like... They're believed like that the Japanese that the kami descended upon the rice fields and everything. So like you know, bring us bring us a good harvest and everything. So the yashiki kami, the the time of worship, literally revolves around that sort of ancient custom and literally revolves like as Alan said around the desire to um uh, the desire to like harvest. Yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of things about the um, about the Japanese culture that are really appealing to me. I like their minimal minimalist mm-hmm. approach. I like that it seems like all the items in the home have a significance, which I like. I don't notice as much clutter in a lot of yeah. you know, <laughs> it, when you look around at the way they organize things. Now, granted, um, like if you go to Tokyo or something, everything's very compressed because right. there's just so many people. But they take advantage of every square inch. But even then. I don't know, man. They just it's it's uh, it. There's a lot to learn, and there's a lot to appreciate about the uh, about the Japanese uh, well, aesthetic, you could say. So. Well, what's so fascinating with this is you go back through history, how we're we're talking about ancestor uh, appreciation in Japan from hundreds of years ago. You know, it still impacts us at the big box store today. Sure. Because we do a lot of things seasonally. We do a lot of things based on these legacy ideas that spread literally around the world hundreds of years ago. We're still participating in. Yeah, absolutely. So it's, you know, it's, it's always fascinating when you pick up and go, you know, so this great idea that we think we came up with actually came out of China a thousand years ago. Right. Or came out of Egypt or came out of Japan. And it's always uh, fascinating. I agree with Max definitely. It's always fascinating to kind of go, so this is why we have this type of saw yeah. at the big box store because of a woodworker in Japan you know, a thousand years ago went, you know, there's got to be a better way to do this. Pretty cool, Max. All right, Max, a good good one. We like that. That was a good deep cut, sir. Much obliged. Okay. Hey, um, and you know, okay, I, I don't know how to transition from that mm. to to Jay Hill, so I'm just going to do I a can, clumsy because transition. you got to protect the roof to protect the house. Okay. No matter what you are, <laughs> if you have a house, you need a roof. Okay. <laughs> Whatever, Jay. Hey, that's the best I could do on the spur of the moment. <laughs> it's well, early. If you have any roofing issues, here's the deal. If you've got any roofing issues um, or remodeling, you know, we, we we're shortly we're going to talk about, mm. uh, you know, m- maybe reconfiguring uh, your home to accommodate uh, entertaining better. So oh, I don't yes. know, that's a tie-in. But um, Jay Hill, the, the, you know, the roof is fundamental. You have to have a good roof. You have to really just, I mean, not only just for your, uh, it's not only to protect your home, it's really to protect your peace of mind because mm. we had roof problems for years at my house, Alan, and honestly, it was like just this. this you had every squirrel time condos rained, for years. <laughs> 
we had squirrels. We had every time it rained was a was a drama. Mm. Like, oh my gosh, now where is it going to leak? Right. It was very stressful, and it was just there was just it. You know, I didn't have the peace of mind when it came to my roof. Well, and and I was honestly dreading it because I thought it was going to be really expensive. Well, Jay Hill comes along because uh, you know it, it was one of the best. Mm. I'm I'm really glad we got to know Jay because. Uh, when you when you have roofing issues, sometimes it, it's uh, covered by your homeowner's insurance, which is a really big deal. Because yes. if it is, suddenly there it, it, you're not looking at you know tens of thousands of dollars. You might right. be looking at at your deductible or something. And there's nobody better to help you navigate the process because JL, in addition to being five stars with the Better Business Bureau and a GAF Master Elite Installer, the craftsmanship is second to none. However, he's also a former insurance agent, mm-hmm. and uh, w- all of us, you, you've had your roof replaced with Jay yep. Hill. Uh, our buddy Brandon Olmstead has had his roof replaced. I've given his name out many times. I've I've referred jobs to him, so I know he's got many satisfied customers that are friends of ours. And uh, we just we just love working with Jay. He's a lot of fun, and he helps you through that complicated process. Which really, he's, it's like a free advocate yes. coming to your aid. Which how can you say no to that? So if you have any issues uh, with your roof, um, it's really almost a no-brainer. Just get in touch with Jay. And he will definitely help you through this process. And it's really a, it's a free consultation, so there's it no is. reason not to there's call. There's nothing like watching them talk insurance. Yeah, that's Alan's <laughs> thing. It's a, it's it's its own language. So It is. It really and, is. And it'll probably happen a lot faster than you think, too, because mm. it, it happened that way for all of us. You know, it's not one of these, well, we'll call you in three months or something. Right. This is, this is going to, he's going to get moving. So get in touch with Jay. You can call him directly at 901 484 Five six four five, or go to bigmroofingandremodeling.com. Not quite as brief as uh, is uh, you know brownref.com, yeah, but it, you there. can remember it. Bigmroofingandremodeling.com. So, all right, hey Max, I don't know. I think I might call. A, I'm trying to decide if we want to pull up our new, our segment or if we want to just get to our must-have item. Well, I'm just going to introduce the segment. If it carries over, then uh, you know, great. But um. I wanted to. I, I'm, I'm, we're here at Anime Blues, Alan, mm-hmm. and it occurred to me that um, one thing. You know, we've we haven't been here in three years, right. and uh, I was here yesterday. You weren't here. Uh, you, you missed opening day. Brandon was here, and uh, honestly, there was a, a level of enthusiasm and uh, and an energy and a camaraderie that um, was it was sort of elevated because so many people were were really excited about being back. And it, it occurred to me, you know, we're social creatures. Like, we really crave interacting with, you know, mm-hmm. or we should. It's healthy for us to, you know, do that. And I was thinking maybe uh, your home, you should make more of a priority of having entertainment space uh, as a part of, you know, instead of having that fancy dining room, maybe convert it into a room that it's easy to pull out the folding chairs and the tables. And you and, and uh, it doesn't have to be Thanksgiving or Christmas. You right. could have, hey... Uh, in May, May 1st, we have, you know, our, our annual Star Trek, blah, blah, whatever it might be, or our annual uh, knitting club or mm-hmm. our annual something because, man, there is just something about getting together and, and having that space functional and easy to use, and uh, it's, it's just good for the psyche, man. Well, I, uh, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna dive in on that and okay. actually pick up that ball and run with it for a second. I knew you would. Uh, it was kind of a softball. It was, is. So, yeah. It's kind of like a little softball pitch, <laughs> but of you know, for a long time, the entertainment portion of the house, or at least a shared entertainment space 
uh, among the neighbors right. was a very, very common thing. And then we kind of got away from that. Right. And then we kind of wound up in this of almost military barracks-like idea of a house. And the house had a dining room and a living room and a powder room and a this room and a that room and a this room and a that room. And they just took this beautiful open space and chopped it up. Right. And, you know, I'm actually going to blame a geek game a little bit here. I'm going to do a weird tie-in for you. Okay. I think since the advent of role-playing games, board games, big-time stuff, uh, whether it was Monopoly or whether it was Dungeons & Dragons, we suddenly had reasons to have five, six, seven people over for an extended period of time in a room. Hmm. And that stuffy old formal dining room doesn't really work for that. And... Well, and I'm going to pick on you because you you made some lifestyle changes in your house. Yeah, one. How'd that work out for well, you? Well, one of the best things we we've ever done, Alan. And I I wouldn't. I, this could be used as entertainment space, but we you know, if you're new to Tool Talk Radio, um, we've we we had a dining room that was it was full. It, we had a giant um, table. It was one of these where you could seat about eight people around it. If you put the middle leaf in, you could seat like twelve people. Right. It was a beautiful table. We never Gorgeous. used it. Never, never used the dining room. It was too full. <laughs> We're like, why do we have this? And it right. was it was such a nice table that you didn't want to just get rid of it. Well, eventually we did. But you didn't use it. We're like we, and I think I even donated. So some some deserving family got a right. beautiful you know table, and it changed our whole life. My wife changed it into. She, you know, we change it into a combination room. We have my all my kids are artists, so we we displayed their artwork really nicely. Mm-hmm. My my wife uh, is a personal trainer and she um, teaches yoga, so she basically has this open space where right. right next to it is a sunroom that looks out into our. You know, we have a nice big backyard, right. so now people can come over and they get trained. With it's not a big crowded noisy gym. It's a it's an area that is very unique. And if we want whatever we want to use it for, it's a matter of bringing in a you know bringing like, in some card tables, bringing things. in whatever. And we use that space more. We use it literally every day now. Mm-hmm. When before we just walked through it and never used it. Never so, used it. Yeah. I'm going to pick on our buddy Brandon Olmstead for a moment. Yeah, because Brandon is a of uh, perpetual and chronic entertainer. Yeah. He is always having a Brandon dinner is night. not guilty of he that. He is yeah. um he is not guilty of skimping on feeding the friends. Yeah. Of and he has rearranged his living room, quote unquote living room, dining room, into a a grand space that you if you walk in and look at it without anybody in it, you're kind of like, Did something explode? Right. Did, what happened in here? However, when you see them all together, you kind of go, oh, and that's where you put Bob, and this is where you prop this one, and this is where... So, you know, he has designed this entertainment space to fit exactly how he wants it to come together. Well, and I would say one other thing. I think what else is important is you should schedule... I don't want to say schedule, but honestly, you almost have to these days. If you have a scheduled thing that, okay, every... Every uh, September, we get together for right. such and such. Like I know uh, our buddy Cliff, who's a uh, who's mm. a big geek. They got they got together the SCA guys and had the basically a medieval uh, drinking party at their house, which evolved into its own convention. It's Sharon turned O'Con. into a convention. But yeah. I think those things are really important. Game night. 
I know a lot of women. Some I, I, some women are into card games. Just yes. get together. It's really good for. It's really just good for your psyche. And if it's well organized, it doesn't have to be a big drama to get it set up. You just pull out the well, chairs. I, you get it. You know. So make it functional. And that is, I think, the takeaway to this. Yeah. Whatever the drama is that you're putting yourself through to do something, solve the drama. Keep doing the fun thing. Yeah, absolutely. So, well, we're doing the fun thing over here at Anime Blues Con this weekend. Over at the, uh, we're at the Renaissance Center. Uh, it's going to be going on, uh, you know, today and tomorrow, and it's it's a lot of fun. We hope you'll stop by. Uh, well, hour one of Tool Talk Radio is in the can, but never fear, we're coming back with hour two and uh, our bad <laughs> our bad homeowner mm, confession line. All right. News Talk 98.9, the roar of Memphis. Tool Talk Radio with Joe and Alan. And welcome to Hour 2 of Tool Talk Radio, coming to you from the Brown Refrigeration Studios. I'm Joe Thorderson with Thor's Hammer, Carpentry and Wood Turning. Here with my buddy Alan Gilbreth from DarkOakMedia.com and our pal Max back at the studio. You can call or text us at the Big M Roofing and Remodeling Hotline at 901 901- Six eight three zero nine eight nine, and we invite you to go to the Tool Talk Radio Facebook page. Give us a like. Check out all the action over there, including I've already posted the must-have item of the week, and I guess uh, Alan. Shortly, I'll be posting some video from my uh, encounter. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a critter war. It's um, it's more of a discussion. It's just a critter encounter. We're gonna unpack it, but it, it is though. a war. I'll well, explain why it's a war. Okay, we're gonna call this chickens in suburbia. <laughs> we're gonna get to that later in the show because that's uh, becoming more mainstream. I remember a day where nobody would even think of having chickens in their yard, mm-hmm. you know, and and all of a sudden. Even hipsters, and, and yes. you know, I know Brandon's neighbors have them. They yes. wake them up every day. So we're going to talk about that. But um, uh, like I say, we invite you to go to the uh, Tool Talk Radio Facebook page. And among other things, if you miss any of our past shows, it's a great resource because Al- Alan links all of our past shows there. You can also go to Spotify. You can also go to Indeed. YouTube. You can also go to TooltalkRadio.com. There's really, if you Google Tool Talk Radio, you'll find us. But make sure you add the radio part. Oh, yes. I think if not, yes. it might send you into the ether. You right. might even wind up talking <laughs> to Tim Allen. So. Right. But, uh, um, Alan, uh, <laughs> we have another, uh, we have to visit the confession line. Okay, I'm ready. I've called you all here because I need some honest answers. Yeah, they all kind of broke. So, when do I start? There is a basket of oil-soaked rags above a wood-burning stove. Are you out of your mind? You put a jet engine on a lawnmower? <laughs> this time... They are going to be held accountable. This time, they are the ones who will pay. Yeah, they paid, Alan. Mm. Trust me on this one. If this one does not trigger Alan, I'll eat my hat. So, um, you know, Alan, uh, (laughs) okay, it's nice. We have people coming up to us. We're on the radio, dear. Sorry. Okay. Live radio, Alan. What are you going to do? All right, Alan, if this one doesn't trigger uh, our listeners and it doesn't Mm. trigger you, I'm going to eat my ass. I'm I'm braced. All right. Dear Tool Talk Radio, my wife and I love the outdoors, Mm -hmm. plants, and wildlife. (laughs) Okay. Yep. That's that's fine. Who doesn't? So a few years ago, when we saw some interesting vines growing up the side of our house, we left them alone. (laughs) Oh, boy. Big mistake, all in capital letters. I won't bore you with all the gory details, but they eventually grew into the window frames under the siding of our house and Mm -hmm. even found their way into the attic, exclamation point. 
It took forever to scrape them off and repair the damage. Boy, yep. do I know where mm -hmm. they're coming from, Alan. Okay. <laughs> Vines. Oh, yeah. The slow, the, the, the slow, uh, you know, I don't know, man. We live the in the slow South. Invader. They're not even slow. We have kudzu. Well, that's true. And for those of you listening in New Zealand, you have never imagined the pain that is kudzu. That makes right. me think of the quote, the wheel of justice grinds slow but firm. Something oh, like this, that. Yeah. Well, Alan, what is it about? Okay. Now, I'm not going to argue. I've seen these English cottages, these right. English things where they've got this, the vine growing up. But honestly, man, it is okay. a bad idea. That is a so stonework wall. Right. Even Let, stone, right. though, it'll find its it way eats, in between. It, all right. Yeah. Let's just start with what you paid for. Let's go with English ivy. Okay. Of English ivy is this beautiful, very dark, very succulently green vine that makes those beautiful, picturesque, uh, wonderful tourist photos of the ivy-covered wall or the bridge with the beautiful green growing all the way across it. Right. All right, it does this by sending little roots and rhizomes yeah. into the substrate. Right. Whatever that substrate is, it doesn't care. Right. Stone, it can etch into it. Mortar, not a problem. Wood, you're just you're just asking it to put in as an accelerant. I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna challenge you on that, Alan, because mortar it will compromise the mortar. It will. It'll get It'll, right up in there. It'll right. etch stone because don't forget mortar holds moisture yes it does and, and especially if you've just got a raw brick wall mm -hmm. that is like a sponge that's that's just like they just have to reach out those little tentacles and get well the... that's water all year long right oh, yeah. yeah and and that's just the slow growing one you paid for right of being a citizen of the south we now have at least 50 other vines including another one you pay for wisteria this thing will completely conquer your house. Right. We have kudzu, which is a vine, which can actually grow up to 18 inches a day. You can honestly sit there and watch it grow. Yeah. It will take over. If you've ever driven through the south and had trees just draped in this green mat, that is kudzu. Yeah, I've never, I never saw anything like that. I moved here from San Diego, it's and I saw kudzu down thing, in Mississippi, it? and it was insane. Yeah. So, but, but, Alan, it's the other thing is, um, now the worst it, one is you could have a member of the poison ivy family. I was about on to say house. I'm very allergic and, to poison and ivy. And we're going to talk about <laughs> we talk about uh, your first convention when you decided to clean up your yard for the first time in five years. Oh uh, well, and let's not get it, it massacred you. I, I may tell that story shortly, but uh, but Alan, the thing is, okay, the ivy, the the little, it has these little gripper, these little yes. things. Those things are really hard to get off, man. Yes. I have tried, even you know. You can scrape it. You can you can just you never really get rid of them. There's a no. They actually something. etch into the substrate that they're growing on. Whether well, it is stone, mortar, trees, wood, your house, your siding, the the vine is designed to get up whatever this is. It always wins too. Yes. I mean, to keep it away from your windows by all means. Um, I've had people because I build these. Um, you know, I, I build you know mm -hmm. outdoor. Uh, you know, treatments and things. I'll build a, I built a um, pergola for somebody, and she goes, "Oh my gosh, I can't wait to start planting my vines there." And yes. I said, "Please oh. don't do that." It's like, <laughs> oh. I know they're going to do it, but I've had to, I've had to come up with ways. I've had to almost like counsel them. I said, "Okay, you understand? I, I can't really." 
stand behind the you know normally i stand behind my work where it you know right you can call me 20 years from now this thing's still good my the deck that i built is still going to be there you start introducing vines and plants i can't guarantee that because it's going to warp everything well you're also adding an air sale right because the minute you begin adding all of those leaves and everything a nice big wind comes along that all catches air and begins to move Mm. well this is why when you when you visit places, especially where somebody built the beautiful pergola or the gazebo out by the lake, right? and then they put the honeysuckle on it, or they put wisteria or English ivy or whatever, and you go back two years later and it's leaned over, visibly leaning another foot to the left. Yeah. And you're like, well, we don't know what happened. It's only five years old. Yeah. I know what happened. You strap this huge airfoil to it. Right. And all winter long, the wind kept moving this thing a foot. Uh, you literally leaned it a foot over. Sure. Uh, so vines, they're beautiful, but vines really have to be fought with and contained. Yeah. And, I, and, and they don't want to be contained. And as long as we're piling on, they also said it found its way into the siding. Which oh my creates yes. all sorts of issues because, for one thing, you've got something that's supposed to be tight and keeping right. water and air out, and all of a sudden you've just given a big opening to any number of creatures that might want to take, and take I will, advantage of that breach. Every and, ant on the planet has now opened a sunroom nursery under right. your sighting. Right. I have even seen wisteria blooming inside of an attic. Sure. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it goes where it wants to go. If you just leave it alone because you think, well, the outside is the outside and the inside, oh, no, no. It, it, it quickly changes. So, Vines are there to convince you that all things go back to nature. You know, it's funny because uh, sometimes on YouTube, Alan, I'll watch these videos, and it's like a time-lapse thing. Like I saw this one, it was about what would happen if, uh, like, basically if, if people went away and they show right. cities being overrun with vines and, like, Wrigley Field, the vines from the outfield. Right taking and it's not really all that it's it's yeah, pretty Atlanta true, has exactly. 2 weeks before it disappears under kudzu. Right. So I mean it, it's Yeah. Well I mean I mean honestly I you know it's actually one of these bizarre things. I actually attended an agricultural conference like 30 years ago and got to meet one of the guys that planted kudzu all over Mississippi. Yeah. Uh, As a part of the Department of Agriculture. That was an intentional thing. They, they were like, well, it, you right. know, our little hills and stuff may erode. So they actually Instead of gravel, planted we're gonna plant, yeah. kudzu. Right. And, you know, of course, he, the, the audience, you know, the audience was very funny because one of the guy goes, when he walked up to talk and he introduced himself and says, you know, I work for the Department of Agriculture. And, yes, I'm the guy that, you know, ran around and planted kudzu all over the state. Somebody in the back of the room went, oh, we've been looking for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like those scientists that demoted Pluto from being a planet. Well, yeah, they're know, pretty hated. But but, but, but it, it, in sen- it, it, at the time, it sort of made sense. But that's, yeah, they've paid their price because I, I remember. You know, you know we, we broke up with Pluto and we keep driving slowly by the house. You know, it's right. all I got to say. Yeah. But, um, Alan, so we don't sound like doom and gloomers because I, 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 I appreciate this person said we appreciate nature, the great outdoors, all of that. That's good. So we're not just, you know, ripping on everybody. What if people want vines? What are well, I, I feel like, okay, there are tips, but this is a maintenance thing. You are not just going to plant these and go away. No. Yeah. No, so what are some ideas? Not. First of all, don't grow them up the side of your, directly onto your house. All right, if you know, you, maybe trellises or something. If you have determined that you're going to grow them here or there, 
very clearly define the area you're going to tolerate the vine. Right. And then I got news for you. It's open warfare the moment it crosses the line. Yeah. And I'm talking roundup. We're talking whatever it takes to keep it within its boundaries. Yeah. Because a vine is designed to do one thing, and that is go crazy. How crazy can a vine go? Have you ever heard of a strangler fig? Uh, no. All right, a but. strangler fig is actually a vine that grows up another tree, takes it over, constricts to the point where it crushes the other tree and becomes a tree itself. You know what it reminds me of, Alan? A, a vine reminds me of nature's way of drawing everything into the earth, kind of like the yes. tentacles from the sarlacc pit it, when they man. pull in Boba Fett. It's like, okay, this is we're, we're going to get you into the yep. ground, and so it, that's why it, now, it's so invasive. So yeah. I'm a guy that loves grapes. I have a lot of grape arbors of, I think if you're going to design something specifically to mm-hmm. be vine covered, yeah. then by all means do so. So if you want a vine covered pergola, then you really need to think about what is the direction of the sun, how is this vine going to grow, and how to reinforce the pergola to withstand the added, and I always bring up air pressure, because you're going to cover a structure that was very aerodynamic with something that is not. I'm glad you mentioned that, Alan, because i got to be honest, I don't always consider that part of it. it. It's putting added weight and it's catching the wind, because especially if you live somewhere and it's where holding it's windy. Water. Yeah, it's holding, and it's holding water. water. Of Plus, you're also going to be all the insects that are attracted. Right. Because you're going to be bringing in the carpenter bees, the ants, and everything else. My, my, my approach would be if you're going to grow them up by your house or if you're going to grow them up anything, I would construct some sort of light, you know, like a, mm-hmm. a, a lighter weight um, trellis to go up the side. But I would not. I would be very cautious. I wouldn't use wood, honestly. I mean, or I would not use just, uh, you know, that thin, that thin lattice work. You think that, that thing? It, it, you're going to be replacing that often. That does not hold well, up to it. I like the idea of some of this, like, like I said, that Trex material right. or some. Uh, some sort of composite material, and I also would caution people about using anything that can any type of metal that is prone to just rusting out. You know, I would I'd be more inclined well, to somewhere like the uh, what fencing is, that's aluminum. You know, aluminum yeah, fencing. Or well, something. you're looking so, at what is the life what is the lifespan of the substrate you want to have standing? Right. If the lifespan is less than 50 years, it's going to collapse. Yeah. Yeah. Because the shocking things people don't realize is how amazingly heavy right those little bitty thin light vines oh the honeysuckle's beautiful the honeysuckle's beautiful for two years and then your fence is collapsing right and it is because it it's a shocking amount of weight and then people go to go well go pick that up yeah and they realize you you can't no you know so yeah, and, and fences, it, vines will, they'll destroy a fence. So yes, they will dominate and that. eat a fence. So, yeah, vines are beautiful and vines are gorgeous and vines do beautiful things for landscape, but you really have to think it through. Yeah. Uh, make sure that you have the proper substrate for it and really understand vines don't stop growing. No. So whatever you provide for them to be the area you want them in, yeah. define that up front. Right. Because they don't care. 
No. They'll eat. <laughs> I mean, they'll grow over the roof of the house. They'll grow from the front yard to the backyard. Um, if you leave an attic window open, they're coming in there, too. So, um, yes, vines are just squirrels a lot slower. Yeah, that's that's. I'm going to put that on a T-shirt. <laughs> so whoever you are, dear listener, we feel we feel your pain. Hey, Alan, our buddy uh, Brandon Olmstead just sat down. You couldn't wait to get here, sir, huh? I mean, uh, is his mic on? Well, I, I'm on now. now. I, I I am now. Max, is his mic levels okay? It sounds a little hot, but whatever. My mic's even with Alan's is where where Ditch told me to put it. It's like it's live go. radio. You get what you want. You know, you yeah. get what you you yeah, get what, get you, what get, you get. Brandon, yeah. what do you think, man? Uh, Dude, I am I'm scared of vines when I see them on the house or on the fence. I tear them down immediately. Well, you associate anything with monster movies. Let's well, face it. You're you're that's, a horror that's guy. True. You go to the dark. Place, I immediately so. think kaiju. Yeah, kaiju, <laughs> the kudzu kaiju. It's not that far far removed. Dude, so. the, you just came up with the first Tool Talk inspired horror movie. There you go. I, look, I saw a house trailer disappear in one summer. Oh yeah, yep. Back hey. of the property, they said, "Don't worry about it. Don't clean around it. We're not going to do anything with it." And there was already kudzu at the back side of the property. And we were like, dude, we need to get back there and clean this out and cut it back and spray it. And no, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. In 60 days, in 60 days, you could still see that there was a door. Yeah. yeah. And that was it. My, uh, the rest of it had disappeared. Yeah. Hey, uh, yeah. my family had a uh, property out at uh, Shelby Forest. Yeah. And uh, in the span of a season, mm-hmm. the, an old trailer that was out there was completely. Invisible mm. because of totally camouflage. Great yeah. place to hide the bodies. It went bye bye. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I, one last thing, since we've really d- driven this point home, keep it away from your foundation as well because you just don't want roots anywhere near your foundation. Oh, that, that's it true. may look harmless and innocent, but just man, it is not your friend. That root ball can be right. shockingly huge. Right. In a very short period of time. Oh yeah. Okay. Hey, uh, we we need to turn the corner. But, but Brandon, <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you're here. This is a very harmonious uh, thing because I want to talk about our friend Cindy Williams from Shelf mm, Genie of the Mid South because you talk about we we got to get her into our world over here. We These, really do. This is an untapped market, the geek collectible well, market. Cindy, if you're listening. Man, they, I, they've got you, you. You're a collector. All right, I'm a collector. I also have, you know, I, I've, I've got my house set up in a certain way where, you know, we've got our, you know, board games. We do game night all the time. Yep. And I need a way to organize that stuff. And I have seen the systems that Shelf Genie has. Right. And I'm just like, this would be perfect for gamers. This would be perfect for anybody who's, you know, wanting to keep their comics, you know, in a space, their action figures, whatever they're collecting. From, you know, your lowest end, you know, just tchotchkes to remember your childhood up to the high-end expensive stuff that you can only get from, like, the uh, Swarovski crystal people. I can't Uh, pronounce that word. That's it. Yeah, that's those (laughs) lovely things. Those things are amazing. My plan, uh, Brandon, is I want to get get, uh, Cindy Williams and a shelf genie to set up over at the Memphis Comic and Fantasy Convention with – because normally when they show up at an event, they they display all the, you know, the kitchenware and the things that you might use to store for your bathroom. I want them to expand and and have a – one that's yeah. set up with all all your Legos and all your gaming and all your Dude, all of your collectible items. So. I've you know after seeing Cindy's display at the home show, you know that was what was going through my head is like how you know how much that would work with geek culture and the collector culture. Yeah, you know, I mean it's very functional, but it's also I mean just it's secure. 
Exactly. Which so, that's mm-hmm. important when you're collecting. So, Cindy, that's your call to action. We are going to bring you into our world, uh, and you're going to you're going to see the benefits. But anyway, if you're just if you're not a geek, or if you just well, if you have a kitchen, which everybody has a right. kitchen or a bathroom, or if you've got that hallway closet, or if you've just got that space that is just cluttered and it's not being utilized uh, correctly, man, Shelf Genie of the Mid South they have these these um, custom full extension glide out systems. So then now your kitchen cabinets and your bathroom cabinets and all of your cabinet space you can take advantage of every square inch everything is accessible and sometimes it's not only about maximizing the uh, square footage it's all about because you can't bend over you've got a bad knee or something so you have mobility issues and things like that so uh alan you might have a robotic hip (laughs) but the entire that happens the entire shelf genie uh experience is all custom everybody everybody from the the installer to the designer to the owners everybody goes to shelf genie school they're trained and you really feel that when they show mm-hmm. up to uh, to to work with you, and the consultation is free. Yeah. Again, all of and, this expertise is free. And and honestly, the systems are very affordable, which you know that'll keep even more money for you to buy your latest lightsaber hilts mm, or you, you know. Go. Well, and the other thing, Brandon, is uh, if you're a realtor or if you're, th- you know, this this is a home improvement that really does improve the value of your home. So it's money you're investing. And you get it back because I've heard yeah. realtors talk about, oh, you've got that in your kitchen. You've got a shelf genie system. Okay, well, we just bumped up the uh, right the the asking price here, so it's it's great. They're 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 guaranteed for life as well. So get in touch with Shelf Genie. You can call them directly at 901-422-8225 or go to shelfgenie.com forward slash mid south Memphis and make sure you tell them you heard about it here on Tool Talk Radio. Well, you're listening to Tool Talk Radio here at News Talk 98.9 The Roar of Memphis. We're here at Anime Blues Con. We're going to take a quick break, and then uh, we're going to dive into uh, chickens in suburbia. That's why I'm here. Mm-hmm. Tool Talk Radio with Joe and Alan. I assure you, Lord Vader, my men are working as fast as they can. Perhaps I can find new ways to motivate them. News Talk 98.9 The Roar of Memphis. You know what? I bet he can find new ways to motivate mm, him. Oh, yeah. He's good at that. I will get him. <laughs> got that construction done quick mm. after he showed up. He's got that going for him. Anyway, welcome back yeah, to... Yeah, it uh, had explosive results. But <laughs> uh, uh, For a guy that doesn't have kids, you sure are laying out the dad jokes today, Alan. Yeah, why are you trying to steal <laughs> Joe's gimmick? Yeah. Anyway, welcome back to uh, Tool Talk Radio, coming to you from the Brown Refrigeration Studios. I'm Joe Thorderson with Thor's Hammer, Carpentry and Woodturning, here with my buddy Alan Gilbreth from DarkOakMedia.com, and uh, the early riser, Brandon Olmsted from uh, Geek Tank Radio. Uh, <laughs> it's and, not early rising when you hadn't been to bed yet. Absolutely. And our buddy Max back there at the studio. Well, here, we're here live. We're at uh, Anime Blues Con number 10. It's their 10-year anniversary. It would have been number 12, but they had to take two years off because yeah. of COVID. So um, it's a great. It's going to be a great weekend. Shortly, there are going to be thousands of uh, anime fans and all sorts of uh, you know geeks floating around here. This is our wheelhouse. This is what we live for. It was. It was so crazy to see that crowd yesterday. And you you could just feed off the energy. Yeah. It, it was. It was a beautiful thing. People Funny are, you said that it's a full moon tonight. 
Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's <laughs> glad to be back. But in the meantime, you can call or text us at the Big M Roofing and Remodeling Hotline at 901-683-0989. And we invite you to do that any day of the week. You know, that's how we can get our... That's how we get some of our good material. So call yeah. or text. You can send pictures. If you've done something really stupid, too, we love these confession lines. Yeah. Let's face it. We get a lot of <laughs> mileage, and I honestly think we're doing a public service. The oh, absolutely. Vine, the, the homes we just saved from our Vine discussion. Oh, boy. You know, yeah. so so send those in. You can do them any day of the week. And, of course, yeah. if you go to our Facebook page, you can give us a like. You can check out our must-have item of the week. And uh, I posted the video. Hopefully we get a good enough signal, you guys, of the uh, chickens that I encountered this week, which we're, we're going to discuss, discuss momentarily. But, um, yeah, we are here at Anime Blues, and uh, we really hope you'll, you'll come out here. If you're, if, you, if you're thinking, well, this isn't my kind of scene, a bunch of geeks running around there. Trust you're, me, folks, everybody, you go to a convention, you're going to be hooked. I don't care who you I'm, are. I'm going to say that you, you're completely wrong if you think this isn't your scene. I just saw a Vietnam veteran and his wife come through with yep. you know Anime Blues tags. Right. You know, it's like there's people of all walks of life. Every so often you actually run into one of the local politicians down here. Yes, you do. Uh, you know, it's just, it's just there's this energy, this pure vibe uh, that you get at a convention where everybody just kind of gets along. I mean, the biggest thing you'll have is, like, the arguments about who's stronger, Goku or Superman. Yeah, the debates you get are not like, uh, <laughs> yeah, these are not life Super Saiyans versus the Hulk. Like yeah. so, there you go. Yeah, so it's uh, it's a lot of fun. But uh, get down here, and uh, we, we hope to see you. We'll be here all weekend, you know, in yeah. the promo booth. All right, so, guys, but uh, we did tease this. So we I, are we going to call this a Critter War? Max, fire it, it is. up. Okay. I sure That's you the most foul, cruel, and bad tempered rodent you ever set eyes on. I just wanted to hug. Oh, rats in the kitchen. Just like that delightful movie I taped in the theater. You know, I, I, honestly, some of those sounds uh, are not unlike what you hear in the gaming room when it gets out of hand in a, a Dungeons & Dragons tournament. Dude. The clawing, the, the, uh, the, the, the invectives. So, yeah. The, uh, I mean, it kind of reminds me of what goes on whenever they have a Mario Kart tournament. Yeah. <laughs> you kind of have to apologize to your friends afterwards. Yeah. Well, Brandon, it's great that you're here to weigh in on this because this is something you live with on oh. a day-to-day basis. But, oh, yes, sir. Okay. So, basically, if you've listened to Geek Tank for, like, I mean, if you've listened to Tool Talk for the last, I don't know, what has it been, Alan? It's going, like, three three or four months. Mm. I've been on a major job. I've been, it's this, which I'm happy to do because this is a really uh, a nice person to work for. We're, we, she just keeps creating these really cool projects. I built a screened-in porch. Now I'm working. Right. On this massive wall, and um, <laughs> she has pet, among other things, between all the animals she's got, she's also got pet chickens. I guess her daughter is a big animal lover. And now, the other day, I was out there, and they uh, normally, when I'm working, they keep the chickens in their pen, but they let them, they're normally free range chickens, and they roam around the yard. And it's just, it, I was noticing some of the, uh, well, some of the things that are issues if you have pet chickens or something. But, Brandon, I, chickens <laughs> in suburbia is a thing now. And it, you, you've got neighbors that have well, chickens, right? I have, well, we don't know who the chickens actually belong to. They could really just be wild roaming chickens for all I know at this point. <laughs> but, yeah, there are, you know, just randomly you'll find, you know, a handful of chickens, you know, just 
kind of walking down the street, yeah. coming into the yards, you know, trying to fight with the, uh, you know, the pets there. Okay. Uh, we've also we've got a lot of chickens and we got stray cats, and you would think that the cats would run the chickens off, but it is completely oh, no. the other way around. Oh, no. <laughs> am I? Am I've I... seen how vicious these things can be. Um, I'm trying to post the video up on Tool Talk Radio. Hopefully, it'll get there because I took video of these chickens. Right, right. now, I don't want to. I don't want to besmirch the uh, chicken population. But am I wrong? They don't seem real smart. You they, are dead wrong. They, they didn't strike me as intelligent, honestly. You look well, at them, and I just see this dead, vacant look. Nope. You know. So, okay, nope. we'll talk you, to you me. You are now. looking at a cunning carnivore, sizing <laughs> you up and moving you into position. So chickens are carnivores. Yes. Chickens are omnivores, aren't they? Yes. They what does will, that mean? They'll eat anything. They'll eat anything. Are but they cannibals? They are they, they will. Be. They will eat other chickens. Yeah. Oh, they're pretty rotten. Oh, really? Yeah. They're, wow. they're rough, just, man. Just like your 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 stinger music, foul. Yeah. Well, okay. I'm growing to to hate chicken because I always think of chicken as the healthier option between it like, red meat and well, it is. It is when and you're they eating eat it, healthy but as well. it might eat you. <laughs> all right. Let's let's go with all right. Poultry is easy. Yeah. They're small. They grow fast. They're a great source of protein and are rapidly becoming the number one source of protein in the world. Okay. okay. All right. Now, chickens are also gregarious. They live in little family groups. Yeah. A few hens, the kids, a rooster or two. Right. right. And what people don't understand is that rooster will take on a hawk for his family. Oh, okay. Now I can respect that. Okay. So I mean, you don't you don't mess with the family. Yeah. Okay. And it's any, like the mafia. Any any kid that grew up on a farm had a rooster they were terrified of. I've heard the rooster because story. the chicken the chicken will run you back into the house. I have a rooster in my neighborhood. I am terrified of that has been in my backyard. And uh, yeah, you don't go out there. No. no. Okay, Alan, here's the practical question, though. Do you have, okay, do you have to have, I, I'm not really up on chickens, so do you have to have a rooster and chickens in order to get eggs? Let's be no. as delicate as I no. can. A so, rooster okay. is not necessary to get eggs. Because the rooster is A rooster is necessary racket, to right? get chicks. Uh, okay, gotcha. All right, you, you, do not need, you do not need roosters to produce eggs. Okay. So, yeah. but here is what has begun to happen. As areas like Miami... Florida, and a lot of other suburban cities right. like, oh, I don't know, Memphis, because yeah. Yeah. I look at Brandon. <laughs> um, all right, Miami has such a chicken explosion of feral chickens. They now actually have the chicken squad, whose well, entire job is to do nothing but run around and catch wild chickens yeah. loose in the city. We we did a story on that a few yes. years ago on Geek Tank right. about Ch El Chickenista, <laughs> the one that was like the, the rabid chicken right. that was like terrorizing right. everybody. Florida now is being overrun right. uh, in many other areas. Yeah. It's not, you know, chickens are now becoming an invasive species. Okay. Right. Because left on their own, they're very good parents. They raise anywhere from 5 to 20 babies at a time. Right. However many they can hatch and keep together, chickens grow fast. And again, as we've said, they can be carnivorous, they can be vegetarians, they can be omnivorous. They will eat whatever food source is available, including human food. So they're very good at living in suburbia. <laughs> so yeah. don't take a nap near the chicken. Yeah, well, I mean, but, you know, you leave your <laughs> you leave your egg McMuffin out there. Your egg McMuffin is gone. 
Oh, I don't doubt that. They're, so. they're, they are opportunistic. You know, you're from Chicago. You're used to getting mugged by a pigeon for French fries. Yeah, the pigeons and then seagulls right. oh. when I was in San right. Diego. Seagulls. All right. Chickens yeah. are even more ad- – have a bigger advantage in the fact that they're on the ground with us. Okay. They got um, those talents, oh. too. I'm sorry. I'm having nightmares about I'm, – I'm having nightmares from Galveston with the seagulls. Oh, yeah. yeah well, yeah. I mean, you know, when, when, when you watch the Nemo – Mm-hmm. And the seagull looked up, and mine. all of them began doing the mine, yeah. mine, mine. That was a person that grew up near seagulls. Okay. So whoever yeah. animated that knew what was going on. Well, chickens it, are far more aggressive. Chickens are far more uh, adaptable than people really think they are. Because we're used to, well, you know, what you're used to seeing is like a food factory. And it's yeah. all leghorn chickens, right. which is just one particular type of chicken. Well, there are literally hundreds of different varieties, from Indonesian jungle fowl to uh, Brahmas. Well, this 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 video that I posted, Alan, you'll see um, one of them is really interesting. It's like a fluffy white. It's not right. Fe- it's like a almost like a I don't know what. It's it's a it's an interesting coat. Giant but then cotton ball. Yeah. Then there's one that's just I hate to say it, it's just weird looking and kind of freaky. And then there's your <laughs> so, normal hey. chickens. But honestly, chicken they're cute when they're chicks, but they grow. I don't know. They're weird looking to me, man. They, they, I, I don't I don't think they're an attractive bird like an eagle. They or can an owl be. Or something. They can so, be. There are certain uh, varieties that are absolutely. You, you just beautiful. get the feeling that Joe's favorite. Chicken Chicken is the McNugget. Yes, yes. <laughs> well, here's um, what I was going to ask you guys, though. Okay, this this uh, this customer Becky, you know, she's right. get she does. I will give her this. She is never. She always has more eggs than she can handle. Everybody right. gets, and they're always a wide variety. They, there's like right. red, green, well, like you know, green, right. orange, white, egg, all these okay. different colored eggs. They're always fresh. What other benefit is there to having a chicken? Because to be honest, the mess. I will say this. I'll try to be delicate. The, the they she, poop everywhere. Well, yeah. but she lets them. You know, when I say free range, she yes. lets them everywhere. Right. And I'm I'm trying to convince her to block them out of the back patio because I'm like, it, it is hard. You know, the stuff they leave on the concrete is not pleasant. Let's just well, that's, that that's, that, well, that is where you have <laughs> a pressure washer. Yeah. Of reasons to have fowl loose on your properties. Okay. Of one, they're really good at eating pest. Oh, yeah. So the Japanese beetles, the grubs... The ticks, the all of the little, any little crawly thing yeah. that is smaller than a chicken is liable to get eaten by a chicken. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so they are excellent at that. And the chicken droppings are very high in phosphorus and very good for your garden. Oh. oh. Okay. They make excellent, excellent of almost ready-to-use fertilizer. Can they be trained to go in the garden? That would be nice. If you well, you know, you can actually, there is actually, of. I will have to tell you, you can actually herd them. Okay. So if you wanted to bring the chickens out to the soybean field to get rid of the thingies eating all your soybeans, uh, they can be let, they can be taught to go to a certain area when signaled. Okay. You all know, right. so they'll, they will follow you of... I, I'm, it's you know it, it, you, you, it depends on how much you're getting into, but chickens chickens can be anywhere from a really cute, amusing little pet in a mm-hmm. pen, yeah, all the way to call the chicken squad. This thing is outside my window, 
crowing at four o'clock in the morning. Yeah, that's the part, the noise to me, because the noise, the um, sounds they make are very well. It's sporadic, so you get jolted. When I'm working out there, it's very peaceful. All of a sudden, you hit this weird squawk. That and this one rooster walks you. up behind you and cuts I, loose. I can't and, imagine what that's like in the middle of the night or you know five in the morning right. when you're going to sleep in. So I don't know. I'm not sold yet, but I, I think if you're if you're out there and you you enjoy chickens, well, rock on. Just make sure you've got the right kind of enclosure. Don't don't be one of these that you cram them into a little cage and they never get any. Food. No, you they know, need try to they be need rain about it. So, yeah, yeah. The birds need range. Although I will say this, Alan, when they were when they were out give, getting their free range, she's yeah. got a massive yard. She they they had access to mm-hmm. a lot of space, but they seemed content to stay within about a fifty foot radius. They just kind of hung out in their area and they were just pecking around. Well, they're and, they're well fed. Yeah. They're well cared for. Yeah. Of what you know, the where I where I get on the soapbox is when we get into feral chickens. Right. They're just loose. Yeah. And like, you know, of several properties I've worked on over the years, somebody used to live there. They used to have birds. They had guinea fowl or pigeons or whatever. And, you know, now it's an abandoned barn. Right. Along with the abandoned chickens. Along with the abandoned chickens, guinea fowls, and pigeons. Yeah. And as you've said, Joe, they're, they're not always the friendliest of animals. No. no. They're kind of annoying, and, to be honest. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm, I'm happy to eat a chicken, but... Yeah, well, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> well, it's kind of like Canadian geese. A lot of people think they're beautiful floating on the pond yeah. until you get too close and suddenly you have this goose chasing somebody across the parking lot. Yeah. Which any uh, corporate park in Memphis yes. knows what that's like. Yeah. Well, anyway, if you're interested, I posted the video. It looks like it loaded, you guys, so yep. uh, it's up there if you you want to go to our it's uh, fully loaded. Tool Talk Radio Facebook page? Give me your opinion about these chickens, and if you've got if you've got any unusual wildlife that you're housing and that you're cohabitating yeah, with, let us know. Let about us it. know. Send us send us pictures. But Alan, um, uh, let's shift gears because we got we we still have more to get to before okay. we get out of here. Um, uh, before we get to our must-have item of the week, tell us what's uh, what's cooking with darkoakmedia.com, as if I uh, – drinking game, Brandon. Uh, if he doesn't mention Scott J. Carroll, take a Well, you just did, so now i got to take a shot. Yeah. Well, <laughs> All right, what's well, going you on know, actually, He'll the, be here in a little while. Yeah. Uh, actually, the, the big hits for the last few weeks have been, well, you two guys. Okay. So uh, Geek Tank Radio and Tool Talk Radio have been uh, performing extremely well at Tool at uh, tooltalkradio.com and oh. geektankradio.com and YouTube. It's because you've been bragging on everyone else. We had to up our game. I mean, right. we're we're professionals. We're veterans. So uh, all these yeah, young bucks. So uh, you're you're picking up new listeners around the world. Uh, which I I, just, I love going and looking at the where did you come from list, <laughs> yeah. and you're like you know. When Belarus. That, wow, that, that's so cool. You know, but Scotland, hey, you know, yeah. ooh, Scotland. Hello, guys. Yeah. Uh, New Zealand is a big one. Um, I, I, I UK always love has what, been kind of hot here lately. I always love when we get, you know, listeners from New Zealand or Australia. It's always great. Yeah. Well, and of course, a huge shout out you. to our Dominican Republic friends. Yep. Right. Uh, got a lot of guys down there listening to us. Yeah. So yeah. it's, been, it's see, been awesome. So See, what I need is I need someone in Tokyo to start listening to us religiously. Mm. Because if I want to visit Japan right now, I have to have a chaperone. That would be uh, true. You know, they they put that in. You have to have a chaperone who, of someone who lives there. So it's like, yeah. Well, you you, know, you and Max will definitely need. Uh, you know, you know we got to make buddies with somebody. We, you got you're gonna have to you're gonna have to cite somebody up in Japan for you. Yeah. Okay. So, so yeah. So you know, our our big hits are well us. 
Okay, so you you see that, Brandon? I tricked him. He didn't mention Scott J. Carroll once. I still have to take a shot voice. because you did it. He'll well, be here, Scott though. Scott J. Carroll is going to be hanging out yep. with the Rob Serio this afternoon. Yep. So they both got shout-outs. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, and, and, and I definitely want to, you know, it's like it's, it's Scott's birthday, people. So if you see him. Oh, oh yeah. Tell He's him happy a, birthday. Which, which I doubt means we'll see him. <laughs> He's a very uh, very nice guy. He's always got a camera with him. He's yes, always he ready to get footage, and he's got a – this is like uh, he has a hunting very... over a baited field here. Well, I mean, he's got yeah. more more things to, to get footage of than he can even get to today. Well, so. and, and the big thing is, of course, uh, he has a wonderful hit show uh, called CC Entertainment Spotlight yeah. in which you get to run around and watch him have, well, various misadventures. Yeah. so uh, That's a nice way of putting it. <laughs> So go to darkoakmedia.com, mm-hmm. and, uh, and if you're a content creator, you may want to get in touch with Alan. Absolutely. Who knows? You might wind up on the on Might the wind up on Roku you Television. You could be Alan's next walking calamity. Yeah. You could. Absolutely. Hey, and then real quick, uh, I just want to mention, too, that if you need a deck or a patio cover or a screened-in porch or a pergola. Pergolas! Or anything that uh, you promise not to plant vines next to. <laughs> yeah. Uh, give me a call at 901-921-7105. And uh, if you've got chickens or something, that might that makes the job even more interesting. Maybe we'll post video of the of the project as we go. But that's my thing. I like to work on outdoor projects and unique unique woodworking projects so uh you can uh, again go to 901-921-7105 or go to my website thorshomes.com all right max uh we've got a must-have item of the week we uh it behooves us to mention um i didn't bring it in brandon this is as straightforward as you can get because i'm not going to carry it around here in the convention center right but uh Alan, uh, I'm just going to tell us what you know what we've got this week. Our must-have item of the week is a portable fan. Oh yeah, dude! Well, it, it's like okay, that's big deal. A <laughs> oh fan. yeah, yeah. Well, weird. here's the thing: I've come to, I've really come to notice because, especially working outside, and honestly, you don't even have to be working outside if you're working in the kitchen. If you're working under a mm. cabinet, if you're changing a pipe in your kitchen, man, it does not take long to get to get overheated and in. Honestly, a simple little fan, and especially now they've got battery-powered fans. They've got rechargeable battery-powered oh, fans. No, no, since the advent of the USB chargeable right uh, fan, a uh, little battery pack of I saw one of these really cool ones that look like a uh, little necklace. I've seen those. Yes, hangs around. Yeah. Got two little fans blow up underneath your chin. Mm-hmm. All right, the sh- all right, I saw that and I was kind of like. Oh, jeez. Chintzy, 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 right? Right. Oh, no. Put this thing on. It is like carrying around a little miniature hurricane. Yes. Those things can actually throw some air. Well, Alan, I feel like there's got to be science involved in this because, okay, here's the thing. Because I work, you know, Mm. every day, and I, I... In the winter, it's not an issue, but I get overheated pretty easily. If I don't have a fan, because I've gotten so accustomed to having one, I notice it, man. And Mm -hmm. it's like... It drains my energy. It's like if I get hot, it just I'm less productive. And it's such a simple thing to throw in your to throw in your truck or to just you know take the time while you're setting out all the tools to do the work. Even if you're painting now, if you're painting, don't point the fan at the like at, at the paint. things that generate point dust. It at you right? Yeah. Right. Well, also because it'll dry the paint, the roller out, yeah. and everything. But man, uh, the other thing I've I've got uh, I've got a high powered fan. And the benefit of that is I use that um, when I'm outdoors, and it keeps the bugs off you, too. But it's it does. Like, yeah. It helps. Yeah. 
But Alan, what is the science going on here, having a fan on you? Why does that make, give me more energy, and why does it make me more productive? All right. Well, the first bit of science we get to talk about is the actual shape of the fan blade. Okay. That has, by tiny, tiny little bits over the last 20 years, improved drastically to the point where we have gone from remote control airplanes to military drones. That's true. These drones have some power. So, yeah. But it is all about the, I mean, we're talking microns of changes right. to the actual shape of the fan blade. Yeah. And so that moves just, that the, the tiny improvements there have just drastically changed what a fan can do. Yeah. The next one is moving air is honestly, I hate to say the explanation is that simple, but it is, it's moving. What that means is it's taking air that has less moisture than you and pushing it across you. Well, that's true because the fan dries Ooh, because you out and everything. And, you in know. the heat, just like we always say about your house, water is the enemy. Yeah. That's Where good. you get hot is when your body can't cool. Okay. And that's what it's there to do. All right, man. Well, uh, there you go. So even we get geeky even when we're talking about fans. But hey, guys, uh, Tool Talk Radio is almost in the can. But uh, we want you to stay tuned here on News Talk 98.9, The Roar of Memphis. Because coming up next, we got the Real Deal Racing Report. We got the Motor Mouse with Bud mm-hmm. and Ditch. Uh, then Geek Tank Radio. We're going to be back on the air here at noon, live here at Anime Blues Con down at the Renaissance Center. It's a lot of fun. You could not have had better weather. So weather is not a factor. Uh, it's it's going to be great. We hope we'll see you here. But it's time to get out of here. So on behalf of my buddy uh, Alan Gilbreth and our buddy Max behind the glass back at the studio and Brandon Olmsted, I'm Joe Thorderson. Thanks for listening to Tool Talk Radio, and we'll see you next week.